Unity of Farmington Hills, a positive path for spiritual living. Good morning, everyone. And welcome to those of you who are visiting today. It's good to have you here. And those of you online who are visiting as well, good to see you. Well, good to have you online. I can't see you, but good to have you join us online. <laughs> For those of you who do not know me, I'm Reverend Kelly Kincaid. I'm the senior minister at this fabulous, fabulous church. <laughs> Last week was my two-year anniversary. Oh, wow. Wow. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm looking for many, 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 many more years here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I'm going to share our announcements, and then we will continue with our service. First of all, I want to thank you all, all of you who are social distancing, from those of us who are masking, respecting our, our, respecting our space and your space. So I appreciate that. Then also, I wanted to remind you that we are having children's church again. And the service now is for ages 5 through 11. We are looking for volunteers for the youth service, the youth ministry rather, so that we can expand the age group of our youth ministry. But if you have any questions or any information regarding that, you can email Sharon Clace at youth at unityfh.com. It doesn't look like maybe it'll stop raining outside, but if it does... We're going to have a brief fellowship gathering outside after service today in the backyard area. If not, we'll just head home. <laughs> and then Monday is our Monday Zoom house party. That's at 1 p.m. I really like the house parties. We're still doing it. Yeah, it's been a while. We have a couple people. Raise your hand, those of you who participate in the house. Dennis, raise your hand, too. And then Elliot's in the back. Raise the, it's been a year and a half now. We've been, we have a nice little group. You're always welcome Mondays at 1 p.m. And then we have Bible study on our, well, Wednesday. I call it Holy Hump Day. Because <laughs> we have Bible study at 1 p.m. 
and that's on Zoom. And then we have meditation service at 7 p.m. Now, we've been doing it on Zoom and in, in person in the sanctuary. It's been going really well. The next men's group is meeting on Saturday, August 21st. It's the third Saturday of the month. They're discussing the book Journey of Souls by Michael New Newton. Men, you are all welcome to join, even if you haven't read the book. And women, we've been invited to join them for that discussion, too. December is a busy fall season, let me tell you. We're going to resume our women's group meetings on Sunday, September 12th at 2 p.m. And then after that, we're going to resume it, have it um, on Oct the first Sunday in October at 2 p.m. And then the next critical conversations meeting, we're resuming those again, will be Monday, September 13th. It'll be from 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. And then it'll be on the second and fourth Mondays of the month. I'm teaching another class called The Universe is Calling. It will start on Tuesday, September 14th. It's an eight-week class. It'll go to November 2nd. It'll be like um, Tuesdays from 6.30 p.m. to 8.45 p.m. Now, this class I'm really excited about because we're going to go into a deeper understanding of the function and nature of prayer, God consciousness, interperson interpersonal connections, and spiritual living. So if you're interested and you want to sign up, you can email me at seniorminister at unityfh.com. You are going to need the book, The Universe is Calling, by Eric Butterworth, and you can get that on smile.amazon.com. Hi, Anita. Anita's back. Oh, good to see you. Um, our online family trivia game night, which Eileen's been doing. Raise your hand, Eileen. It's, it's going to be a Zoom. It's coming back, and I'm excited about it. It'll be Saturday, the, uh, September 25th at 7 p.m. And then we do still need volunteers. Like I said, for the youth ministry, for a platform assistant to help me out and when we have a guest speaker, and also for community outreach. The, to become a volunteer or for more information for all of our activities, classes, groups, and events, and to look at our outreach resources, visit our email, our, email, our website at unityfh.com. Now, when you go to the website, if you want to sign up for, my, for our email blast, go down to the bottom of the homepage, and you can sign up there. Then, if you want to become a member at our church, or if you need to update your membership at our church, when you go to the homepage, go to About Us, and on there, you can open up the um, membership form. Let's see. Oh, if you want to schedule an appointment to meet with me, or if you need prayer, you can email me at seniorminister at unityfh.com or call me at 248-737-9191. My office hours are Tuesdays from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. and Wednesdays from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. And then the last thing, if you want to write your prayer request out, you can do that on the forms outside on the prayer request box. Slide them in there, and the prayer, and the prayer chaplains and I will pray over them. The beautiful thing is after... We have Roxanne ba ba Barry, raise your hand, and uh, Eileen Lindbergh. They're our prayer chaplains. We pray over the prayer requests, and then we send them to Silent Unity to be prayed over for 30 more days. So you're double, you're, you're put in prayer twice, which I love that. I love that, and I, I'm really appreciative of our prayer chaplains. that They, they got our back for sure, because every Sunday one of them is holding the service up in, worship, in sacred service, uh, worship as well. Well, sacred um, energy. So this concludes our announcements for today.
Now as we listen to our music team sing Surely the Presence, let us prepare our hearts and our minds to hear the daily word and for our opening meditation. for the daily word. So if you'd like to gently close your eyes and listen, you may, or you can keep them open. It's up to you. The daily word for today, Sunday, August 8th, 2021, is protected. Through my oneness with God, I feel protected. And the message reads, sometimes I may feel at mercy of a challenging, tumultuous world. I cannot control. This is never true. Even though the chaos of the world may swirl around me, at the center of my being is a place of perfect peace and calm. Whenever I am in need of a safe refuge, I turn to God within to reach this place of tranquility and reclaim my feeling of security and protection. The sun always arises after the longest, darkest night. I remind myself of this truth and feel grateful as I allow the light of spiritual understanding to release and reclaim whatever power I may have unwittingly given to a fear-based thought. Fully in tune with the divine presence within me, I move safely and confidently through every challenging circumstance. And the scripture for today comes from 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. The one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Now I, I invite you to keep your eyes closed and take a deep cleansing breath. And just... Allow your focus, your consciousness to float right down into the center of your chest. And allow yourself to become in tune with the feeling of peace. Releasing the craziness of this morning. Whatever may seem to have gone wrong. And just bring yourself to this present moment 
where all is well in the presence of God. Take another deep, deep breath and exhale slowly. And another deep breath, breathing in deeply the breath of life. And exhale, I settle into the peace and love of God. And just allow yourself to sit in that peace just for a little bit. And again, we affirm all is well. Wherever we are, God is. And in this very moment, God is here with us. And all is well. Thank you, God. Amen. And now you may gently open your eyes. And now uh, I'll lead us in affirming our statement of being. <laughs> I have it. Together. God is all, both invisible and visible. One presence, one mind, one power is all. This one that is all is perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. I am an individualized expression of God. I am ever one with this perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. And we have our growth affirmation as well, our U of H growth affirmation. Let's affirm that together. We give thanks for our expansive congregation that fills our halls and sanctuary and classrooms with seekers of unity truth, fills our hearts with love and joy, and provides us with all of the necessary resources to co-create a loving and compassionate spirit-filled world. Thank you, those of you who remembered it for affirming with us and for those who didn't. We're going to have our uh, first special song, and then I'll be back with our message for today. Hey, Michael, why don't you introduce this song and tell us why you were attracted to it? So the song we're going to do today is called Love's in Need of Love Today, and that's a timeless song because every day uh, we need more love in the world. And it's just a song that's resonated with me for many, many years off of what I think is one of the greatest albums ever made by Stevie Wonder, <laughs> Songs in the Key of Life. So if you're around in the 70s, uh, that's when it came out, and it, it stands the test of time. So I brought it here a few years ago, said I wanted to work on it, so we're going to present it today. All right. Here's your friend. 
We got a small crew, but you got a big sound. <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Thank you. Oh, man, I am uh, just in a quiet, uh, not a quiet space, a, a mood space. I'm just moved by spirit right now. So even though it seems like things are like with the PowerPoint not working and all that, I, I know like just God's in here. I just feel God in here. And so there was this old couple. I'm going to give a little cute joke. This old couple that's sitting at the, in their living room relaxing, and the older woman turns to her husband and says, you know, I remember when we were younger, and you used to hold my hand. And so he starts holding her hand. And then she looks at him and says, you know, I remember when we were younger, and you used to put your arm around me. So he goes and puts his arm around her. And then she goes, you know, I remember when we were younger. Do you remember when you used to nibble on my ear? And to her surprise, he gets up and starts off the couch and starts walking away. She says, honey, where are you going? 
He said, I got to get my dentures. <laughs> it doesn't feel the same when you're using your gums. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Oh, and it just reminded me, I got to tell this, my mama's around me. Uh, the reason why I'm so full, the reason, you know, the beginning of October is, um, is real sensitive for me because for the first week and a half, from August 1st to August, September, we had, my mom was in hospice and we were there every day. So around this time, you got this muscle memory that goes on, you know, you get this sadness. So I'm in this space right now, but I'm feeling her. So when I was reading this, I remembered when my um, daughter and my son, like my mom had all her teeth taken off, so she had upper, you know, teeth. So she used to, and Lord, she used to take them out and she used to go like this to my, my kids, you know. <laughs> so it made me think of that when I was um, reading in this joke to, um, and telling it today. So we have been studying the Beatitudes these last couple weeks, and we've already gone up to the um, blessed are those who are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then we went into blessed of those who are mourned, for they will be comforted. And then we went into blessed of those who are um, humble, for theirs should be, they shall inherit the whole earth. And then we went last week, we talked about how God blesses those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they should be satisfied. This week we're going to go to the next one. And the title of my talk today is Blessed Are the Merciful. One second, I'm listening. Before we go into any new state of consciousness, any, the, well, you know that something's going on inside of you. There's this feeling that there's, there's something new. There's something that... There's this dissatisfaction or there's something that's inside of you that you know you're about to shift, right? So Jesus, when he starts his ministry, he starts to go around and share that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Then he starts doing miracles. Now, the reason he did miracles was to get their attention because they're oppressed. The, the Israelites, the Hebrews are oppressed under the Roman control. So he's going around getting their attention. Now, they think that the Messiah is going to come in and he's going to lead an army that's going to overthrow the Roman Empire, and then that's how the Messiah is going to come in. He came in to teach us how to overthrow our consciousness because it was their consciousness that got in that situation in the first place. When you read through the Old Testament, they do what God tells them to do, and God comes in, God keeps them at peace and everything's going well for them. Then they get cocky and start doing their own thing and going against their covenant with God. And then they end up in trouble. Usually some other country comes in and takes them over or some other people takes them over. And then they start pleading for God. That's how they ended up in, in Egypt. They ended up not going along with what God told them to do. And so Pharaoh took them over. And then Moses goes down, gets them, and now they're uh, free. But they all through the Old Testament, you see that. That is representative of us. Those moments when we're living in alignment with the consciousness of God, those moments when we're living in right relation, which is the fourth, the 
fourth beatitude that says those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be satisfied. When you're living in alignment with God and when you're searching and seeking and hungering and thirsting for righteousness, which is right relation to every aspect of your life, which is seeing the presence of God in every aspect of your life, which is knowing that you love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and which is loving yourself the way you love God and then loving your neighbor as you do yourself, then you are continuously, continuously cultivating that relationship. When you cultivate that relationship with God, every other area of your life is in alignment. And when every other area of your life is in alignment, especially within you, you get this thirst that you want to continue. The first three, the, the first couple beatitudes, they clear your mind out of the way so that you can feel the presence of God inside of you, so that you can let God take over inside of you so that you can become one in the consciousness of God on a stronger level. And when you do and you start to hunger and thirst for God, hunger and thirst for truth, hunger and thirst for right relation in every area of your life, now you've, st now you've started connecting into your relationship with others. And out of that relation, out of that righteous thinking, out of that hungering for out of that thirsting and hungering for righteousness, there's several, the other three beatitudes follow suit. So every beatitude builds upon the last one. So when we look at Matthew chapter 5, which starts the best, the greatest sermon ever told, which is the Sermon on the Mount, well, I'll say the greatest sermon ever preached by the greatest preacher ever that ever preached, and that's Jesus. The Sermon on the Mount is in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and it begins where Jesus sees the crowd coming, and it says he moved up onto the mountainside. He sat down. His disciples came around, gathered around him, and then he opened his mouth and began to speak. And every time we do a new beatitude, we're going to go on this because what that means is shifting yourself into a consciousness that you can move forward. You cannot operate in a spiritual realm if your focus is in the human realm. When the thoughts flood in on you and you're overwhelmed by thoughts, when you're overwhelmed by worry, when you're overwhelmed by concern, when you're overwhelmed by your circumstances, when you're overwhelmed by what other people expect from you, those are the thoughts. The, the, those thoughts represent the crowd coming in. And when, you, when he moved up the mountainside, that represents you elevating to a higher level of consciousness. When you elevate to a higher level of consciousness, you see your circumstance from the eyes of God. And then you sit in that truth, which is what Jesus did. Consciously, you sit in that truth. Jesus represents our consciousness. And you sit in that truth, and the disciples gather around you, which the disciples represent those 12 spiritual faculties that conspire, conspire to bring forth your highest and greatest good. What are those 12 faculties? Faith, strength. Wisdom, love, power, understanding, your will, which represents August. August is, oh, imagination. And then understanding, your will is your freedom to choose. And in unity, the freedom to choose is represented by the month of August. 
So we're in that right now. And then order, divine order going on in your mind. And then the power to urge forward in the zeal and passion. And then the power to release and detach, which is elimination. And then your life force. All of those 12 faculties stand up and conspire to move forward to create your highest and greatest good and to create your, a, a, a life that is a high-quality life. So now let's move into this next beatitude. And it is in chapter 5, verse 7 of Matthew. And it reads, let me read it from the Bible. I love reading from the Bible. That's why I bring it. And feel free to bring your Bibles, too. And then you can have the word that you're reading from with me. It says, God blesses those, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. I'll say that again. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Now, what does it mean to be merciful? When you think about it, what does it mean to be merciful? Let's backtrack a little bit. The Beatitudes represent, metaphysically, they come from the word, uh, the Greek, the Latin word, beatitudo, which means, which means blessedness, a state of happiness or bliss or feeling, state of feeling fortunate. And then to be blessed means to feel happy or to feel like you're fortunate. But I think it's something deeper. I think that we experience God's blessing by a harmony that you feel inside of yourself when you're tuned into God. You ever been tuned into God and felt so much peace and so much harmony inside of you before anybody besides me? You have? And, and don't you love that feeling of what? It's like this. It moves you. A lot of times what it does, it moves me to tears, that I feel God's presence and I know I'm not alone. Have you ever been in a, a room full of people and still felt alone? Still felt alone? I have too. Until I tuned in. And when I tune in in those moments, then I feel the blessing of God. I feel harmony. And so the purpose of us, of us being here, especially since we're made in God's image and likeness, we're here to create heaven on earth. We're here to create heaven on earth inside of our own consciousness first and then to create heaven on earth in the world. So when we do this beatitude, mercy, uh, God blesses those who are merciful. What do you think, it, what does it mean to be merciful to you? To call it out. What does that mean? Anybody? Nobody? Compassionate. Compassionate love. Forgiveness. Those type of things. But it's also, see, when, when back then they had a lot of poor people, and then you had those who were oppressing you. And so Jesus was talking about those who are oppressing you, the Romans. He was talking about having a state of forgiveness for them. Anybody who hurts you, anybody who disappoints you, anybody who makes you angry, anybody, anybody who causes you to have a feeling of resentment inside, anybody who causes you to feel less than, all of those feelings, all of the, those circumstances, in those circumstances, we are called to, to have mercy on them. And Charles Fillmore, who is the co-founder of Unity, says that it means to demonstrate love, that mercy, let me find it where I put it, help me find it, God, here it is, mercy is Christ-like treatment toward the suffering, but this is the kicker, let me tell you the kicker, 
Did you know hurting people hurt people? So if you have someone who's hurt you, who has hurt you, somewhere in them, in, inside of them, they're suffering. So it's not just the poor who are suffering or those who are suffering because of their circumstances. It's anyone who's suffering somehow inside of their consciousness. So anyone who oppresses, anyone who is mean, anyone who is hurting, anyone who's hurtful, any of those circumstances, that person to be that way is hurting inside. Our actions reflect what's going on in our consciousness. And so those people are the ones who he's talking about the most. Why? Because it's easier to be merciful to somebody who's downtrodden and suffering that way than it is someone who has, I was going to say, their knee on your neck. i got to say what God told me to say. And that's how the Romans felt then too. Or to watch that kind of situation when you see the oppressed or you are being oppressed. To be in a space of giving love, to come from a Christ-like consciousness, to come from a consciousness of oneness to someone who's oppressing you is the most powerful form of mercy you could ever experience. And a lot of times, those who oppress us may be subtly those who are living in our same household. And, 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 and then you have the obvious ones who you could tell. But it's those who are right in our household and those who are out in the world too. But the one Jesus is talking about the most is you and me. When we oppress ourselves. I have to, I can't go down that way, so I got to come this way. I'm trying to get as close as I can, but I can't come down that way. But when we oppress ourselves, when you go through moments of having thoughts that reoccur in your mind from, like I said a couple weeks ago, the adopted world, the world of thoughts that we, create, that we adopted that m make us feel less than or make us oppress ourselves, or I sometimes, I have, been, I'm still working on it. When the, when I found out about the slides, I thought I did something wrong because I used the computer on Wednesday. It may not have had anything to do with me, but my mind automatically went to God, I messed up again. Oh my God, I should have practiced. Oh my God, all those things that oppressed me and made me feel good. And I came in here in a happy mood, but the moment I found that out, I stepped into oppressing myself with my own thoughts. Anybody else do that? God is calling us to be merciful, not just to the person outside of us, but mostly, first of all, to ourselves. The moment that we are in an anger, upset, disappointment, or any of those feelings, we are out of alignment with God. We have what they say sinned, and sin means missed the mark of expressing the consciousness of God. And in those moments, we are to call and be merciful. We are called to be merciful on ourselves first. To see and look at ourselves through Christ consciousness. To see and look at ourselves as divine children of God who make a mistake, but it's not bad. And that's, an, that's, that's where my mind went. I did something wrong and I'm bad. No one in this world is bad. You are all created in the image and likeness of good, which means you are absolute good, absolutely. I am absolute good, absolutely. Together, I am absolute good, absolutely. Are you ready to accept that? So I'm, oh, only a few of you? Yes. Are you ready to accept that? Yes. Woo, thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, Christ-like treatment toward the suffering. The, he says the important point in desi desiring to be merciful is righteous adjustment. And this results in true overcoming. And then as I studied his writings more, 
This interpretation that God blesses those who are merciful, for they shall receive mercy, means that the moment that you generate and start feeling mercy for yourself, you become the beacon of that feeling of Christ, that feeling of love, that feeling of, love, of forgiveness. You become the consciousness of it. You become the vibration of it. And when you become the vibration of it, you draw it to you. You draw it to you. I, I was... Um, I, did my, I officiated my son's wedding on Friday. And when we were getting everything set up, because he, he, he married someone who's Jewish, and so we had a Jewish parts and unity parts in the wedding. So we were making a chuppah, which is this little um, thing that they stand under for the wedding. And she had made, she had crocheted the top. They got some poles, and they made some bases, but the bases weren't heavy enough to hold the poles. So they kept toppling over, right? So I'm sitting there holding two, two sides of, the, of it up, and the best man's holding the other side of it up, trying to decide how to get it to stay. And at the same time, the, the person who's in charge of the venue, the man, manager, comes in showing people around. Yeah, this is in Wilson. So and I'm looking at her, what in the, I'm upset. You don't call, I'm upset. I'm in a place of being, uh, I, was, I don't want to say the word I want to say, but very, very upset. I'll say that. I was very, very upset. I'm sitting there fuming. And then the top of the chuppah almost blew off. And I said, God bless me right now. I don't want to create anything else. And the moment I said that, it was interesting how she, saw, she let the people go, you know, go back downstairs. And she came in and asked us if we needed any help with anything. And I... I immediately repented because I felt how I was feeling towards her, and she did nothing wrong. She did nothing wrong. I had an expectation in my mind that I placed on that woman. We have expectations that we place on other people and on ourselves, and when we don't live up to that expectation or someone else doesn't live up to that expectation, then we judge and we move out of right relation with that person, and when you move out of right relation with that person, you end up having those feelings inside of you that are not the best. And in that moment, I was having a feeling inside of me that was not the best. And it was not my place to judge. It is nobody's place in this world to judge another person, unless you're a judge and jury, of course, in a, case, a, court, a court in trial. But as a child of God, we're not here to do that. I had to, I was like, all right, God, you always have me living my talks. <laughs> I had to live it in that moment and repent. And move back into right relation with her. The moment I moved back in right relation with her and said, God, help me, she came over and asked for help. King David, he was, he was given, he was um, pronounced king when he was still a young boy. And Saul was the king at the time. And Saul got jealous because David started getting attention. And he started hunting, and this is in the Old Testament, in 1 Samuel chapter 24. He starts hunt, Saul starts hunting after David. And David's hiding in this cave, right? And Saul is right there, comes into the cave, and doesn't realize David's in there to relieve of himself. I, back in the day, they had to do that kind of thing. You know, there was no bathroom. So he went into the cave. David had the opportunity to slay Saul in that moment. And he had people telling him, his people were saying, you have this moment. He, God has served him up for you. But David realized Saul is still the ordained king it's not my place to take his life. He just cut off a piece of his robe 
And when Saul went to leave out, got a little bit away. David was wise. He waited till he got a little bit away. So if, if Saul came after him, he could run. And he stopped him and he yelled at him and said, Saul, I don't know why you're believing. All these people are telling you I'm wanting to come after you, but I'm not. I got close to you and I showed mercy. Here's a part of your robe. Here's a part of your robe. And Saul was changed in that moment because David was changed in that moment. David represents love. Saul represents that persecuting part of our consciousness. David showing mercy represents when we show, when we show love and Christ consciousness to ourselves and to other people. That is what we are here to do. So when someone is doing whatever and it irritates you, you're the one in the wrong. You're the one in the wrong. It's important for us to show mercy to ourself first, which means to forgive ourselves first, which means to give love for what you thought, for what you thought was a broken expectation. We're not here to give expectations to people on how to love, how to be, how to do whatever. We are here to be expressions of God's love. Amen? Amen. So, what I remembered in that moment that I was holding those poles is that a couple weeks ago, I said that when we're, when we're around people who are, when we're in a restaurant or we're around people who are serving us, that we're meant to be understanding, not demanding. I was being demanding. I had to check myself. I want us to continue that. I want us to open our mind up, and I want you to, look, to, to just pay attention. Move yourself away from whatever thoughts are going on inside of you. And I want you to just take a deep breath. Gently close your eyes. And I want you to think of somebody who might have irritated you recently, even if it was you. And I want you to say in that, per, in you, that person's name or silently, and I want you to whisper, I forgive you. And I want you to say your name, and I want you to whisper, I forgive you. And take a deep breath. And I want you to affirm, I am the epitome of understanding. Together, I am the epitome of understanding. I live in the consciousness of love and oneness. Together, I live in the consciousness of one and love, love and oneness. Now, this is the thing. When you live it, you can open your eyes now. When you live in the consciousness of love and oneness, there is never a need to have mercy. There's never a need to have forgiveness because you're already in space of being there. You ever uh, have somebody hurt your feelings or something, and you'd already forgiven them, they came and asked you for forgiveness, and you said, I've already forgiven you. Anybody? I have too. I have too. Because you were in a space of consciousness of love, it didn't shift you off your center. Let us move into being the highest expressions of loving God with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul, and all your strength. Your heart is the oneness with God. Your mind is how you're thinking about the oneness of God. Your soul is the two linked together in alignment. And your strength is your perseverance in it. I used to think it was my body and how I went out to do it, but it's your perseverance in it. Let us persevere and let us move from a consciousness of love and oneness where you see everything. You're going to hear stuff on the news. You're going to hear it. There's stuff going on out in the world. 
Let us promise to stay in the space of those two greatest commandments. Now, we've already, we've already said love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Now we will love our neighbor as ourselves. So what does that mean? That, mean you that means you have to love yourself just as powerfully as you love God. Amen? Is that everything, God? I am one in the presence of God. Together? I want you to look at your neighbor and say, you are one in the presence of God. <laughs> yep, you are one in the presence of God. And I want you to look at your neighbor and say, I see the Christ in you. And then look back and say, thank you. <laughs> so that's what I want us to do. Wherever you are for the next week, even if you don't have an opportunity to say, I see the Christ in you, let them, let them feel it with your eyes. Let us have eyes of compassion and a heart of love and a smile that shows it, not a, a fake smile, a real, genuine smile that shows it. Let us practice being the epitome of mercy, mastering mercy to the point that mercy never has to come into our consciousness because we're always seeing through the eyes of God. God sees no faults. There is no condemnation. As a matter of fact, Charles Fillmore says that Charity begets charity. Mercy begets mercy. Love begets love. Forgive yourself, everybody. And the consciousness that there is no condemnation in Christ shall be yours. Let us say that. I'm going to say it. There's no condemnation in Christ. Together? There's no condemnation in Christ. So is it in you? Is there any condemnation in you? Yes. No. So that's how we will see. We will see no reason to condemn anyone, even ourselves. And we will see through the eyes of love. Amen? Amen. Amen. Namaste. Thank you. So now we'll have our music team come up and sing the next song. And then we'll do our love offering. very uh, self-evident. It's called This is the Stuff, and it's about all those little things that really frustrate you, and you, you get so angry, and then you realize they're not that big a deal, and God's just showing you how to learn patience. That's pretty much what the song's about. That's true. <clears throat> Stuff you use. 
is a song that's getting to me lately in the middle of my mental mess i forget how big i'm blessed this is a song that gets under my skin but i gotta trust you know exactly what you're doing it might not be what i would choose this is the stuff you Okay, so um, go ahead and just gently close your eyes and bring to mind what you'd like to give for a love offering today. And then repeat after me, divine love, through me, blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. Thank you, God. Now, we encourage you to give online, so you can go to unityfh.com, click on that donate button. You can give through um, PayPal, credit card, or debit card. And if you want to mail in your check, you can. If you have um, donations to give today, there will be an usher waiting outside the door for you to drop your donation in there. And then also, we have an angel fund, a benevolent fund that we created so that we could help anyone in the church who is in need financially. So if you want to give to that, you can also send in, your, when you go in to do donate, you can scroll down to the angel fund and do it that way or send it in through email. I also had Matthew put the policy for the angel fund on the website. So you can go under about us in case you're interested in um, applying for the angel fund. Go to about us, read the policy, and then email me at seniorminister at unityfh.com. Okay, now we, at the end of our service, we usually do a virtual prayer circle. I say virtual because we stay in our place and imagine we're in a circle. So I'd invite you all to stand, please. And if you want to hold the hand to the person next to you who you're the same household with, you can. Um, and let's just gently close your eyes, bring to mind someone who you feel needs prayer. Take a deep breath. Let your consciousness float down into your heart center, centering in the consciousness of God, that one power and that one presence that is active in your life and in their life and in the universe. Call their name out into the virtual prayer circle. Just imagine we're in a circle. Call their names out into the circle, even if it's you. Kelly, Dion, Dana, Ashley, James. God, thank you for 
the divine way that you are blessing every single life to the names that have been called into the circle. We know that our name is our nature. And as we call these names out into this virtual prayer circle, you automatically activate them into their nature. And our sacred nature as individualized expressions of God is to be the image and likeness of you. So wherever in their mind they need to be realigned to who they are, we thank you for doing it right now. And we thank you that your presence is right there in their lives. We affirm that you are realigning every aspect of their life that they may, may be moved to their highest and greatest good in the way that you know is best for them in your divine order and in your divine timing. And we thank you, God, for your divine gift of love that loves no matter what. We also thank you for blessing everybody in this worship service, those who are in the sanctuary, those who are watching, and those who will watch later. And God, thank you for putting a special blessing on Unity of Farmington Hills that we have moved forward and we've been growing even through the COVID experience. And last but not least, thank you for blessing the world. In the mighty name and nature of the indwelling, indwelling Christ, we pray. Thank you, God. Amen. And now let us affirm our prayer for protection. I'll say it, and then you guys can repeat it after me for those who may not know it. The light of God surrounds us. The light of God surrounds us. The love of God enfolds us. The love of God enfolds us. The power of God protects us. The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are. Wherever we are. God is. And all is well. And all is well. Thank you, God. Amen. <laughs> and now we're going to have uh, our band sing the peace song, and then we'll be ready to dismiss. Praise God, there's peace on earth. I know it begins with me. Thank you for listening to this Unity of Farmington Hills podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and uplifted you. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings, but still want to support our spiritual community, visit our giving page at www.unityfh.com donate.